Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. On today's BOC Live, we connect with Andrew Wilder. He is the co-chair of the Cannabis Law Group at Torkin Mains, the official law firm of Business of Cannabis. He also heads up their corporate finance group. We wanted to connect with him about a piece he wrote on Business of Cannabis uh, about the past and future of the cannabis sector in Canada based on their view and experience. Coming up now, Andrew Wilder of Torkin Mains. Andrew Wilder, thank you for being here. You, of course, are the co-chair of the Cannabis Law Group at Torque Mains. You are also the chair of the Corporate Finance Group at Torque Correct. Mains. See, I memorized that. Uh, we're going to talk about both of those things today. But before we do, um, you wrote a piece uh, last week on business of cannabis, talking about reflections in the past, trends you're seeing. Uh, give us a high-level view of sort of what you wrote and sort of what you're thinking right now in cannabis. For sure. For, for starters, Jay, thanks so much for having me. Love collaborating with you. Love talking with you about these things and, and like, like writing these articles and working with you. So, you know, I wrote this article with Sienna, who works in uh, the cannabis law group here at Torquid Mains, and we really reflected upon all the change that's taken place in the legalization of cannabis and the fact that our group has been in the forefront of much of this change. And we wanted to sort of take stock of where we were at, consider what the current trends are, and give perspectives on where we see the sector going. And that's the goal of the piece. And, you know, if you like, I can try to walk you through the piece a little bit. I'd like, I'd like, yeah, I would like that. I mean, I've read it. And then I posted it on our website, but I'd love to sort of get it for this. Perfect. So let me try to walk you through it without too much detail. You know, the article starts off discussing the impressive growth in the sector, despite, you know, all of the regulatory challenges that this industry faces. And we thought it was useful to give a whole bunch of stats up front because people understand and grasp these things when they see figures. And we all know that the Canadian recreational sales in 2020 totaled approximately $2.6 billion, which was more than 120% increase from 2019, which, you know, continues to show the massive opportunity and growth in this sector. And we also noted that we're at a stage right now where one in five Canadians have recently used cannabis, which is, again, a trend where we're seeing cannabis use among consumers growing which is important. And then, you know, our article focused on three aspects that led to this growth and opportunities that we think there are for future growth in the years to come. And we talked about the retail expansion. We talked about the consumer and what the consumer likes. And we talked about price of, price of products and the impact on the illicit market. And I'll just briefly go through each one, you know, retail expansion and recreational sales. We discussed the massive increase um, in the number of cannabis retail stores now operating across the country and the growth that we've seen month over month, year over year. We talk a little bit about some of the challenges and give some predictions about the future. Um, as you likely know, Lots of commentators are very bullish where this will go. 
Some have suggested that the retail market will see $4 billion by the end of this year, which would be, again, staggering growth. Um, you know, by the end of 2020, there were just under 1,500 stores open across Canada. And as you know, uh, the acceleration in the different provinces is a little bit different, but it's been expansive and crazy in Ontario. Then we had a look and did a bit of a deep dive into the consumer report that Deloitte put out recently. Um, because if you don't understand the consumer, you know, how do you market to the consumer? And what we learned from that is that 75% of the market volume in recreational sales still comes from existing consumers um, whose favorite product offering is dry flour, no big surprise there. Yet new consumers or consumers that are coming back to cannabis, they're interested in a wide range of products and they're interested in products that are not combustible. And that to us um, showed that there was a great opportunity um, to continue to grow and expand products if you want to capitalize in the existing consumer base, which is the largest base that is always experimenting and looking for the newest, best thing, and to bring in those new customers. And what we, what we learned and what they said as well is that in cannabis, it's interesting, there does not seem to be huge brand loyalty out there. Um, customers are more motivated on the price and the convenience and the novelty right now. So to us, we thought, well, this is a great opportunity um, for participants in the industry to try within the stringent rules to build their brand and build brand loyalty. And um, some of the things we're starting to see, as you know, is private label happening, um, farm gates gonna happen, and it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. And, you know, perhaps down the road, consumption lounges, it's something we've talked about before. You know, they've just been approved in Denver. They're talking about them in Nevada. And any experience where you can build your brand and maybe that'll be through a consumption lounge is an opportunity. Next, we reviewed the data and advised that based on Statistics Canada, the OCS's recent report and Deloitte, the price of all legally purchased products, but in particular dried flour, have come down significantly. And now dried flour is less per gram um, than the illicit market, which is sort of hard to believe how it's come down, which, you know, is driving sales again and moving people towards the legal market. And I would also say, as somebody who's very interested in policy and it's read, you know, the very beginnings of this legislation, one of the federal government's policy objectives was to wipe out the illicit market. And for the first time, we're starting to see that actually happen. It's going to be a long time before it's wiped out completely for a myriad of reasons, but we're seeing it happen and that's tremendous. Our article then just moves on to talk about, well, what are our, our perspectives and what's driving this? And one of the things that we see that's driving a lot of excitement in the industry is the US. And as you know, we've written on this before, we've talked about this. So what's going on in the United States is more and more states legalizing as we saw at the election and we're seeing throughout this year and they're legalizing it both um, for recreational purposes and also for medicinal purposes. 
And this is being driven as well by, by the change of government. We now have Democrats as opposed to Republicans controlling the House, controlling, controlling the Senate, and controlling the presidency. And Democrats over Republicans have a higher rating and are more interested in legalizing cannabis than Republicans in general, which has led to a lot of optimism that we're actually going to see new laws come out, which are going to reform cannabis um, at a federal level. We've seen tons of state level, level reform, but now we need it at a federal level. And one of the recent things that was just passed is the Safe Banking Act. It's passed by the House, still has to be passed by the Senate and written into law by the president. But we're super optimistic that that will finally allow financial institutions, banks to invest in this sector, which happens in Canada, which is critical for any sector to grow. So we're really, really excited about that. And you know, many commentators have estimated that the US market is upward of $92 billion. So everyone's excited to get into this space and you're seeing more and more Canadian companies um, moving to the States, putting footholds in the States, either through CBD and hemp or other ways to get in there so that they're on the ground, they're mobilized and they're ready to go when this legislation finally happens. And then, you know, lastly, in the paper, just to try to be fulsome, we gave a brief overview of what we've seen in the public markets. And, and you know, what we've seen in the public markets has been, you know, massive growth and then real pullback and a lot of volatility. And really towards the end of 2020 and most of 2021, we've seen steady growth. There was a big pullback in February, but we're seeing steady growth. And I think we're seeing that principally driven by, you know, the opportunities that exist in the United States and better fundamentals. And that's a huge, that's a huge opportunity. And most commentators who understand public markets better than me and you, they're bullish on 2021. And finally, our article finishes off just by telling you there's a lot of opportunities and you need to take advantage of these opportunities while they last. And hopefully it's an interesting read. I think it is an interesting read. And one of the things that it all sort of bubbles up to is, um, I don't know what the right word is, but it's it, it, lots of opportunity ahead, which lends itself to, I think, um, uh, con well, consolidation is where we, we're ending up, right? Like we see, we saw very early on, and you sort of look at the waves of cannabis in Canada, like there were some massive companies, big valuations, creating these huge cultivation footprints. Those cultivation footprints did not marry up to what we're seeing on the brand side of what people are buying necessarily, right? Like there's a big disconnect between the company's ability to raise a bunch of capital, build big cultivation footprints, and resonate with consumers and brands on the brand side. And what we're seeing now, we saw with Canopy buying up Supreme. We just saw yeah. it with Hexo buying up ReadyCan and 48 North and Zenibit. <laughs> you know, we, we start to see some real consolidation happening very quickly. Um, and, and I wonder, is it your sense, uh, A, will that continue? But B, will we start to see more and more of like a cross-border consolidation start to happen as well as we gear up for what is about to happen in the US? Well, for sure, uh, without a doubt. You know, we've talked about this before. We've started to see quite a bit of consolidation in the retail space. And the reality in this industry, which is very capital intensive, um, we're going to see well-capitalized players who are able to access the market. And now that the public markets are a little bit more accessible, we are seeing a number of these companies 
raise money, do bought deals right now. And I think we're going to see those companies try to take opportunistic opportunities to go after companies that are struggling, that don't have the capital and need to cut their losses. And certainly if the laws change in the United States, we are going to see more and more cross-border. Until the laws change in the United States, I'm not sure how much we're going to see because it is tricky because you know, different laws in different jurisdictions. But for sure, consolidation is something to look for, which is going to be a lot of opportunities in the industry, I believe. Yeah. And it's like almost every morning, if you check the Twitter feed or check sort of cannabis news, like you're just waiting for like a big shoe to drop. And this, you know, last week was Hexo and, um, and, uh, and ReadyCan. But again, it's this cultivation footprint, which to raise money, this brand footprint, didn't need a huge cultivate. Like it was there, there's everybody specializing and then trying to figure out um, where there's opportunity and, and where to gobble up competitors or competition. Like it's just a very interesting time to be alive and watch it happen on the Canadian landscape. And, and we can only predict if a similar thing will happen in the U S even with the big MSOs versus some struggling MSOs, will they be able to have a retail footprint and deliver brands or will brands, you know, be independent of that and, it's just going to be a wild couple of years, but in that there's the opportunity. And, you know, from my perspective, just interesting things to talk about. Well, look, whenever you have a brand new industry and, and we haven't had too many brand new industries, they, they do happen. Um, it's fascinating to see how it rolls out and see who rises to the top, who's gobbled up. And, you know, we, we've been into this for a number of years now and uh, it's really exciting. And I think the future is exciting and, the growth of the industry is massive. So that provides a great opportunity for anyone in the industry to um, participate in the industry and do very well in the industry. Yeah, well, we're gonna wrap where we started. Andrew, thank you for being here. Thank you for the partnership with Twerk and Mains. Always interesting to grab both perspective and real time sort of knowledge and insight about what's happening on the ground on the legal front, but also your perspective gives you a greater view of what's happening in the larger sector as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for the partnership and we look forward to connecting with you and the team down the road. Well, that sounds great, Jay. Thank you. You know, we greatly value the partnership that we have with Business of Cannabis. All the work you do is great. And um, love talking to you and look forward to our next discussion. All the best and thank you. Thank you. That was Andrew Wilder, the co-chair of the Cannabis Law Group at Torquemades, the official law firm of Business of Cannabis. If you like this program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. It helps support the work we do. Thank you for joining us on BOC Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Mains.